0: Hello there. Welcome to the show. It is time that I finally do battle against the church of woke. Those who are woke have a tendency to take something that is not their own and then distort it and to destroy it and remove any semblance of what it originally was. What I am talking about is the new Amazon Wheel of Time series. Now, I have to give a caveat to this. I am a fan of the Wheel of Time book series. I've read it multiple times. At least I've read the first several books multiple times. And I've actually started re-listening to the book series on Audible. And I'm on book three. There's 14 books total. Over 10,000 pages. Robert Jordan, I think he had cancer. So he got Brandon Sanderson to finish the series. And Brandon Sanderson wrote books 12 13, and 14. Now, The Wheel of Time is not a perfect series. There are a lot of issues with it. I want to say books 6 through 11 can be a little bit unnecessary in some points. There's a lot of characters that he adds that are not necessarily driving the story very well. Book 10, I skipped entirely because I heard that nothing happened. Uh, It picks back up in book 11, and then books 12, 13, and 14 finish strong. Now, I started reading Wheel of Time when I was pretty young, so I can understand that there is a level of nostalgia goggles that I have on, and any sort of film or television adaption I probably wouldn't like, but I think that the writers of this show don't understand the world. Now, it's interesting because I've looked around for reviews, and it seems as if... It's getting mixed reactions people that don't or haven't read the books are like yeah, it looks okay or oh yeah, it looks like it's trying to be like Game of Thrones. And then there are certain people that are fans of the books and they are just praising the show and I am really confused because I think they feel like they need to praise the show because they've been sort of touting the series for years because it's been you know it's been going on. I think the first book came out in 1990. I obviously didn't go into this show with high expectations. Honestly, my expectations were really low and then the trailer came out and they were even lower. And then I started, you know, reading around and my expectations started sinking even lower. I don't even know how they could go that far. And then I watched the show and there were times during the first 3 episodes where I literally shouted out loud with how stupid they have made this show. It's just terrible. So I'm not going to argue about every single point that everyone that dislikes the show has made, but I am going to argue the point that the show writers don't understand the world of Wheel of Time. And that starts from the very beginning of the show with the opening monologue. If you are to watch the trailers or the first couple minutes of the show, you would think that Moraine is the main character. Um, Moraine is an Aes Sedai, which are this sect of women who are able to channel the one power. And in the beginning of the show, she starts off talking about how the men 3,000 years ago, the male Aes Sedai, attempted to seal away the Dark One, who is sort of the evil bad guy. Wheel of Time is a very cut and dry, good versus evil Uh, A lot of people don't like it for that reason. It's very different from Game of Thrones where everyone is terrible. So you can't really go into the wheel of time expecting to have this morally gray sort of view of things. For the most part, you're either on the good side or you're on the bad side, which, you know, I like that. That's clear to me. It's how it was written. It was how it was intended. But nowadays, everyone has to be terrible, especially the men. And this show, you watch it and it's all about the whammon. It's all about the whammon. And you think that the women are the main characters in the show. So, which is just so infuriating because Robert Jordan has clearly, when he wrote the books, he clearly distinguishes men and women. They're very different. But it's not as if he says that women are incapable or they are unable to do anything. Women have different abilities and they have different strengths and the men have different strengths and different weaknesses and that's something that people get kind of annoyed about in the book because he's constantly sort of men bashing from the women's perspective and then the men are just like oh i don't understand women and it kind of goes like that for the whole 14 book series now this is a controversial topic nowadays so i'm going to keep on going but i will be treading very lightly because i know my audience is uh pretty woke So there's a quote that I wrote down that sort of interested me, and it's one of the reasons why I'm not sure if they understand how the world works, and I'm interested to see if they sort of distinguish it. But Moraine is sort of giving this monologue about when Louis Theron, who was the dragon reborn 3,000 years ago, tried to seal the Dark One away in a prison, and he failed. And she says, Quote, when they failed, the seas boiled, mountains were swallowed up, cities burned, and the women of the Aes Sedai were left to pick up the pieces. Now, this is a really interesting statement because she doesn't really talk about why the seas boiled, the mountains swallowed up, and the cities burned. The reason is, is because the men, the male Aes Sedai went to seal the Dark One away. When they attempted to seal the Dark One away, he was able to taint the power that the males use. So there's two parts to the power. The ancient symbol of the Aes Sedai is sort of like a yin and a yang. You have a black teardrop sort of connected with a white teardrop. Men channel Sidene, females channel Sidar. Men cannot channel Sidar. Women cannot channel Sidine. They can't touch it. They don't know how it works. They don't know anything about it. A man couldn't teach a female how to channel Sidar, nor could a female teach a male to channel Sidine. They are two separate entities. So when the Dark One corrupted Sidine any male who channels cydine eventually goes insane and this led to the breaking of the world and this is when the all of the male Aes Sedai who were channeling Sidene were corrupted by the dark one and they went insane and destroyed the world they broke it to pieces and they absolutely demolished everything they moved continents they created mountain ranges they created oceans they just destroyed everything and that was what they call the breaking of the world and that happened three thousand years before the start of this series so what's interesting is is that moraine doesn't mention that the reason why the world was sort of T- thrown into turmoil was not because the dark one, you know, conquered them. It was because he was able to taint the male side of the source. Now, you might say, well, this is just nitpicking. You're a hyper nerd. Shut up. We don't care. And I would say, yes, you are correct about all of those things. But the next scene, you are following a man who's getting chased by women on horseback and these women are wearing their red cloaks which means that they are of the red aja which is a sect within the Aes Sedai, and their whole purpose is to catch men who channel Sidine and to gentle them which is to remove the source from them so that they cannot channel and so anyway they're chasing this guy and they knock down this mountain and block him in so he can't go anywhere and the Red Aja Aes Sedai, I think her name is Leandrin, and walks up to him and, you know, she's all smug and all like, oh, I'm so much better than you. And she says this quote, which is very interesting. And you guys are like, this is literally in the first two minutes and I have this many complaints about the show. She says, this power is meant for women and women alone. And when you touch it, you make it filthy. This is just fundamentally wrong. The Aes Sedai are some of the most well informed people in this world because they spend a lot of time studying history and they know what happened 3000 years ago roughly they understand that the taint is in Sidene, so that's why men go insane but this statement that this red aja I said I heard job is to catch men who can channel and gentle them which means remove this ability for them to touch the true source so just this phrase in itself makes it sound like there is no difference between Sidin and Sidar. it's just the one i mean it's referred to as the one power in the book but it is very different in terms of the male side and the female side and this the phrase when you touch it you make it filthy it has nothing to do with the men the men aren't the ones that are causing it to be tainted. It, it's the dark one. The dark one is the one who corrupted it. The reason he was able to corrupt it is because when they tried to seal him in, they unknowingly gave him access to it and, and he was able to sort of infiltrate. And so whenever men channel the the power, they basically go insane after an amount of time. And I don't I don't know if this is just a misunderstanding of how it works or they just are not acknowledging it or they're going to parse it out later in the show. But within the first three minutes of the show, I am already thinking they don't even know what they're talking about. This doesn't seem like they know what they're talking about. And I said I would never say that phrase because that phrase is false. And then. This is still, we haven't even gotten into the main show yet. This is literally just the intro. And Moraine is girding herself for battle, and she says to her warder there are rumors of four Tavirin in the two rivers. And it's like, record screech. Roar! Like, what? Who? For what? Where are these rumors coming from? What is a Tavirin? Why are there four? I, I can't even, okay, I know the answers to all these questions. And the, it's just Tavirin is something that I need to back up. This is. It's just I was so frustrated when I watched this show. For someone to be Tavirin, in this Wheel of Time series, they discuss the way that the world works as the pattern, the pattern weaves as the pattern wills, and it's sort of like their destiny and all that. Uh, Someone who is Tavirin is someone who the pattern sort of rewrites itself around them because they are sort of important. So a Tavirin is someone who most likely will be great. Now, in the book, there are three Tavirin. And the problem that the show could not handle is, is that all three of these Tavirin are guys, where they have to add in a fourth Tavirin because they need a whammon to be Tavirin. Which is so frustrating for multiple reasons, because both of the characters that are female that leave the two rivers, neither of them are Tavirin in the books, but they become two of the most powerful characters in the entire book series and so they don't need to be Tavirin to affect the world around them they are just that powerful Nynaeve is probably one of the most powerful channelers that they have seen in the last two to three thousand years she doesn't have to be Tavirin she is already that powerful but no we can't have that we need to have a wham in Tavirin and it the whole concept of someone knowing what what Taviran is and where they are is just ridiculous as well. These are things that the Aes Sedai have known and kept that your average person doesn't know. No one knows what Taviran is. You can't recognize what a Taviran is unless you are given like a special gift. So I think in the books, the first person to really bring it up is they meet An ogier and the ogier are sort of another race, and they're these very tall. They're sort of, I I wouldn't say they're like elves, but they're really tall. They live in these wooded areas and they're very slow. They're a little bit like Ents, but they're more humanoid. And one ogier that's sort of in the whole series, when he meets one of the main characters, he says, I can sense Tavirin, and you are one of the most strongest, or if not the strongest Tavirin, I've ever seen or ever heard of. And so it's not like someone just like walks by you and you have a little sign above your head that says hey I'm Taviran it, it's not something that anyone would know there, there are no rumors of Taviran because people don't even know what Taviran is or how to recognize it enough to be rumors on top of that the two rivers is one of the most remote places in the entire world of the wheel of time it is one of those things that they continually bring up how no one goes there except people who are traders and the people that live there and how it's so isolated from the world that they don't even send tax collectors to this part of the world because it's so far removed yet somehow there are rumors of four teveran and they're all from the two rivers it's like exposition is necessary sometimes, but this is just so blatantly and infuriatingly stupid, I can't even handle it. And it hasn't even been... It's maybe the first three or four minutes of the show. Now, I could go through and nitpick absolutely everything that I thought was really stupid and ridiculous about the first, second, and third episode, but I'm not going to do that because I just think that they have a general misunderstanding of the book. So we're still not out of the first introductory sequence. I'm almost done with the introductory sequence, the first three and a half minutes. Moraine is giving her little monologue, and she casually mentions the dragon reborn, which is Louis Theron, who was the guy who tried to seal the Dark One away, and there are these prophecies that he will be reborn, and when he does, he will throw the Dark One down, and blah, 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 blah. But she says this casual little thing about it could be a boy or it could be a girl. Why? Why why would you why would you change that? Why why would you change? Why 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 would you add that? I, I just don't understand. It it is a man. It is a man. We we know it is a man. The prophecies speak to a man. And it, it, it's just, I it they change it for no reason other than to be, I don't even know. It's just, I don't even know. Now, I'm going to be honest. I had to delete about five minutes of me ranting and screaming into the microphone because I didn't feel as if it would truly get my point across. But we're coming to an area that, again... I don't even know if the writers of the show have read the books. I think they read the Wikipedia summary of the books. But they try to throw in these things that are reminiscent of the oppression and the struggle of the real world human in this fake fictional world that doesn't exist and has never been real and never will be real. So to start, this just really bugged me. Rain comes to the Two Rivers and instantly announces that she's an Aes Sedai, which is just not how it would work. The Aes Sedai are feared and hated because of the breaking of the world 3,000 years ago. Regardless of their gender, male or female, they are hated or they are feared. In general, people don't understand them. You know, the common phrase that people fear what they do not understand. People do not understand the one power. They think it's evil because all they know is that something to do with the one power caused the breaking of the world 3000 years ago. So an I said I would never waltz into some backwater town and be like, yo, guys, I'm an I said I channel the one power and all this stuff and like, yo, and you know, that would never happen. So she's trying to find this dragon reborn or whatever, which again, you know, at this point in the books, you have no idea what the dragon reborn, I mean, you do, but you don't know who the character, you're still figuring out the characters and you're still figuring, you're meeting Rand and Matt and um, you might've met Perrin at this point, you've seen Egwene, you've seen Nynaeve, Uh, you haven't even met Roraine at this point, you've heard rumors about her, so, you know, obviously we're not super far. But in the in the show, you know, Moraine announces she's an Aes Sedai, everyone's like, Okay, whatever, chill. That's like we see those every day. Like we had an Aes Sedai for breakfast yesterday. And so she's trying to find this dragon reborn who now can be a male or a female. So she's trying to find the, looking for similar aged people that would be the dragon reborn. And this is something that you wouldn't get in the books until much later when you find out about one of the prophecies of the dragon, much, much later. We're not going to talk about that. So she's talking to Nynaeve. She goes to Nynaeve, who Nynaeve is the wisdom of the village. The wisdom is like the herbalist or the healer of the village. She has a lot of responsibility. And Nynaeve is unique because she's like 27. She's my age and she's the wisdom of the village. That's very unique. Normally, they're generally older. And um, wisdoms are commonly known to listen to the wind. Now, listening to the wind is using the one power, but they don't realize that. They don't realize that they're using the one power. Um, so using the one power is generally frowned upon because, again, like I said, it reminds everyone of the breaking of the world. So Moraine approaches Nynaeve and is trying to figure out how old she is, and Nynaeve is just being all mean and everything. Now, Nynaeve in the books is, is infuriating. She's an annoying character, but in the books, you get that inner monologue. You get her, how she feels about things. So while on the outside, she appears as this, you know, headstrong, annoying, angry woman, and inside, you know, you realize more of the problems going on and she's a little bit more relatable because you kind of realize that she's putting on a front to some extent and how she's thinking about these actions now you don't get any of this in the show for obvious reasons but Nynaeve goes on this long story it's not really that long but she tells this I'm the one that's telling the long story she goes and tells the story about how much she hates Aes Sedai because her master, the lady who taught her to be wisdom, um, thought that she had the ability to channel the one power. So she was so poor and she walked all the way to the White Tower. And when she got to the White Tower, they took one look at her and they said, nope, your feet are dirty and your clothes are all ragged so you can't be a part of us because we're only for rich people only. Okay, she didn't say it exactly like that, but she basically was saying they turned her away because she was a peasant, because she was poor and this is wrong this is false this is not how the book this is not how it works this is not how it works at all this is uh, the most powerful position in the white tower where the Aes Sedai sort of sit uh, is the Armalin seat she is the head honcho she is the one who is the most powerful uh, person arguably in the world kings and rulers bow down to the Armalin' seat uh big deal if you're if you're the Armalin seat you got a lot of power in the book and Sanche is the armalin seat you meet her much later Suen Sanche, Suan Sanchez say that 6 times fast selling seashells by and Sanchez shore she came from a fishing village outside of the city of Tyr, and she was raised poor and when you meet her she talks to all these idioms and these sort of folky sort of sayings about her life growing up as a as a fisherman you know she was raised by a fisherman and she's super poor but she was taken to the tower when they found out that she could channel the one source and she rose to be the Armalin Seed. this is an absolute contradiction to what Nynaeve is saying if Nynaeve's uh teacher had gone to the white tower and had any sort of ability to channel they would have accepted her they would have accepted her they would have tested her and they would have put her through a very rigorous amount of training and if she wasn't able to complete the training then they would have kicked her out because that's the thing if you they teach you enough so that you don't kill yourself channeling the one power and then they kick you out if you can't if you can't advance through the ranks to become a full-fledged Aes Sedai so this, again, sort of points me to the fact that I don't think they understand how this world works. I don't think they understand anything about it. I don't think they've read the books. I don't think they know that or they just don't care. I guess they just could not care at all. They could just be completely, they know that a lot of people, most people who are going to watch the show, are ignorant about the books. And so they don't care. They're not even going to try. And it's just, why? I, and this is just the the tip of the proverbial iceberg, in in about you know these are probably two three minute scenes that i have talked about and i've talked about them for 22 minutes now i'm obviously passionate about a lot of things and i had no expectations for this show i mean i know what they're trying to do is the same thing they're trying to do with this lord of the rings show is they're trying to make it like game of thrones they want it to be the next game of thrones and it's not it's not going to happen i mean you can't lightning doesn't strike twice And the reason why Game of Thrones was good was because it followed the books and it got bad when they started deviating from the books and it ended in an absolute disaster because they had no direction. We have 14 books of material for The Wheel of Time. It's not the best series. It's not even close to my favorite series, but it is a solid fantasy series, and it has influenced a lot of traditional fantasy. Yes, it took a lot of traditional fantasy from Lord of the Rings, or sort of like the farm boy being raised to be a great fighter, but Robert Jordan kind of did that on purpose, and he said that he wanted to take that idea of the farm boy and the prophecy and the becoming the great one and he wanted to sort of play with it and he wanted to make it unique and i think he did i mean no one looks at the wheel of time and says you know this is the greatest fantasy. i'm sure there are people that say it's the greatest fantasy series out there but it's not it has a lot of issues there's like six books that have a lot of stuff in them that you don't really care about and they're not necessary but Needless to say, it's a very influential book series, and if you are a fan of fantasy, I think that you should read it at least once. Books 12, 11, or 12 13, and 14 end really strongly. The 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 last book, A Memory of Light, is an excellent book. It ends it really well. Um, and I, I don't understand what they're expecting to do with this series. There are just... Tons and tons of things that they have in the show where it just makes me think that either they're lazy or they don't even know. For example, the Gleeman, Tom Marilyn, he doesn't show up in the third episode in some random town where in the book you meet him because he comes to Emmons Field for their sort of it's like Christmas bell tie and it's their celebration and the Gleeman comes to entertain. He juggles and tells stories. In the show, he plays a guitar. In the book, he plays a harp. It's like Why? Because he's a bard, and bards generally play the harp. Are we too stupid to know what a harp is? In the book, the Gleemans traditionally wear these patchy cloaks that have all different colors on them that sort of flap when they sort of twirl them. In the book, he's just in some—or in the show, he's just in some long overcoat. You know, not exciting at all. I think they did the casting for Tom Marilyn really well, and I think that for 50% of the— casting i think is solid the other half is atrocious so you know they did an okay job with some of that but but why i don't understand why there's so many easy things that you could do but you just don't i need to like take a break because i literally had to delete six minutes of me just absolutely screaming into the microphone about how stupid this all is but i'm going to sort of try to finish out this is kind of going to be a longer episode just because it's sort of I rarely go into pop culture, and this is my, you know, this is a step into pop culture because this is all about, you know, Bezos making money. This is It's all about them trying to make the next Game of Thrones. It has nothing to do with them being, uh, sticking with the source material. They're just trying to make money, which, you know, is fine. They have the rights to do that. I'm just not going to watch the show, and this is the last I'm probably going to talk about it on the podcast, at least there are certain things that I wanted to uh, talk about that happen later in the show that point to my belief that the show writers don't understand the world. In the, I think it's the beginning of the second episode, they have this scene with the white cloaks. Now, the white cloaks, to me, I don't know if Robert Jordan would say this. I mean, he's not alive anymore, but I, I, I think the white cloaks are sort of a representation of the Catholic Church, Or at least the old Catholic Church that was sort of zealous in their, you know, holy righteousness and they would kill people if you just, you know, like the whole Protestant Reformation that was a huge deal in terms of the growth of the church but they ended up just slaughtering lots of these protestants because they were like oh you don't believe what we believe so we're going to kill you so i think the white cloaks are kind of like that where they say that they're on the light they are on the good side but they're obviously bad guys in the books so this this second episode starts off with a white cloak uh questioner um sort of talking with this Isidai who he has captured tied to a stake and is burning her to death and he has chopped off her hands and he has a gag in her mouth and this is one of those things that i do they not understand or are they just ignoring it are they changing the rules on purpose there is nothing about the use of the one power that has to do with moving your hands you can channel if you're Hands are tied behind your back. You can channel if you're gagged. You can channel with your eyes closed. The only time you cannot channel is if you are unconscious. Or there are certain, if you are shielded by another Aes Sedai, another person wielding the One Power, they can use uh, spirit to create a shield before if, if, before you can sort of tap into the power. You can get shielded from it. So this Aes Sedai is tied to a stake. Her hands are chopped off and she gets burned to death and she's awake. And. So do they not understand how the one power works? Are they changing the rules? Do you have to use your hands now? Is that how it works? I mean, it's not it's sort of like in Doctor Strange when he goes to the monastery and he's trying to learn how to do the magic and he says, I can't. My hands are too ruined. And then they call up that one guy who starts doing all the magic. And then it turns out this guy doesn't even have a hand. His hand was removed and he can still do the magic. He doesn't need the fancy hand signals. And that's kind of how I'm thinking that they're it's this rudimentary caveman understanding of the magic system. It's like, oh, they're wizards, so they must have to move their hands and make the magic go boom. And that's kind of how in the fight scene it seems, whereas Moraine is fighting all these Trollocs and she's doing all these fancy moves and spinning and waving her hands. And it's like, I mean, all of that is unnecessary from what I understand. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe some die-hard Wheel of Time fans can come out of the woodworks and tell me that I'm an idiot and you need to have your hands to channel. But the chances of a White Cloak capturing an Aes Sedai, tying them to a stake, and burning them, the only way for them to be able to kill an Aes Sedai, honestly, would be able to, for them to shoot them from 100 meters away with an arrow and kill them before they can reach them. There's no way that they could catch them and tie them up because they would just be able to channel and escape. So to me, again, that points to a fundamental misunderstanding of how the world works, how the magic system works, how the I said I work, and it's just either lazy or again, they just don't even care. They're just not even trying. And then there's a few other things that I want to touch on. There was a few things that I liked Very few things that I liked, but there was a few things that I like. There was a scene in the second or third episode where they go to the city called Shadar Logoth, and that's a really cool part of the book, and it's this corrupted city that even the even the bad guys are afraid to go there, even the the Trollocs, which are the sort of orc-like monsters that are chasing them, are afraid to go there because of the corruption, this evil in this city, Shadar Logoth, is sort of a... Uh, it, it's sort of on its own side. It just wants to destroy everything. Um, I thought they did the scene where they were escaping from the city really well. That's pretty much it. That's the only thing I liked. But again, everything's out of order. It doesn't make any sense. But I liked the scene where they were escaping. I thought it was a good representation of Shadar Logoth and the evil that lives there. Um, and then there was a the part at the very end of the third episode, near the very end of the very of the third episode, where. One of the main characters, Matt and Tom Marilyn, the gleeman who plays the guitar now because we're too stupid to understand what a harp is. It's just, oh my goodness. There are so many things, man. I just can't keep on talking. But anyway, they find this, okay, there are several things that I'm going to go into. So this episode might not end for a while. They find this man in a cage and the man is filled with arrows. This man is an Aielman. The Aiel are a race of people that do not live in the world that we have a map of in the book. They live in what's called the Aiel Waste. And these men and women have sort of reddish hair and they're light skinned, but they wear these turbans and all this stuff because they, um, you know, they want to protect themselves from the sun. So they, they cut this body down that's hanging in a cage, which, again, an Aielman in a cage is something that happens in the third book. It's completely different with a different character. Uh, the guy's not dead. It's just completely wrong. But Tom is sort of explaining, for some reason, Tom decides to bury this Eielman. The Tom the Gleeman, the guy who ro- roams around the world playing his harp for money, is so interested in giving this Aielman a decent burial for no other reason than just exposition. And so he pulls up the veil that the Aiel wear and says, this is the black veil of an Aiel. When they wear this black veil, it means they're about to kill you. And it's this obvious exposition. And Matt is like, oh, I didn't even know that. Even though throughout the book, they always mention this phrase like a black veiled Aiel. They don't really know what it means. They don't. It's just a, a a phrase that everyone says, like he he came screaming out of the out of the house, like a black veiled I That's like a phrase they'll use. And they don't really understand what it means. But Matt's never even heard of this phrase. And so Tom has to explain to him, you know, and there's so many things like that. Uh, Perrin and Egwene are fleeing after they left that city and they are they come upon these traveling people that are called the tinkers and they don't know who the tinkers are and it's like I, it's just like the this these are parts of the world that everyone should know the, the characters in this tv show they know the things that they shouldn't know they know all these obscure details about the aes Sedai and the one power things that no one knows except the aes Sedai or people who have studied but then they don't know these common things like what a like the phrase a black veiled Aeel is, or what a tinker is. It's like they're basically gypsies. They know what tinkers are. There's lots of songs that they sing about tinkers, and But no, we don't know what a tinker is, you know? We've never heard of a tinker. It's like I don't understand. I don't I'm just rambling at this point because there's so many things in the show. I have like two pages of material that I was typing up while I was watching it. The last thing I'm gonna touch on. Is an accidental correct thing that they got. So there's this weird scene. Moraine is the Aes Sedai, and her warder is Lan. They're not in a romantic relationship. But in this scene, they get in a bathtub together and they're just sitting there talking. I don't know why the scene is there. It's not necessary, it doesn't add anything. Um, it's not, you know, a romance scene at all. They're just literally sitting naked in a bathtub. And. I was thinking about this, thinking about why would they do this? You know, I think they're obviously, Game of Thrones, there's a lot of people in bathtubs all the time in the, in the show. There's a lot of naked people in bathtubs. Don't ask me why. I've never watched the show, but I know that's a thing. But one of the things that I think that they probably didn't know, I, I'm going to assume they didn't know this, but land is Shinarin, which is the the land that's on the borderlands up in the north. And they are this warrior... Uh, civilization that sort of defends the rest of the world from the trollic horde that lives in the Blight. And the Blight is sort of in the northern portion of the world, and that's where Ghul is, where the Dark One is imprisoned. So a lot of people don't even think that you know Trollocs are real, but the Shinarans are this warrior-like society that definitely fight them all the time. And one of the things about the Shinarans is that they have shared baths. They have these it's sort of like the, the Romans, I think, had shared baths. Maybe I'm wrong. But they there's a joke in the second book where Rand, who's from the Two Rivers and is very, you know, naive, which in this book, he's not naive at all. He's... He's just like any other human in the 21st century who sleeps around and drinks alcohol all the time, where in the book, you know, he's very naive. All three of them are very naive. They have no worldly experience. They're in a very traditional town, which is something they got completely wrong. They got the vibe of the two rivers off 100%. But I think that they tried to do this scene with Lan and Moraine to sort of make it, you know, oh, one, we have naked people in the bathtub. So that's good. Rating's good. You know, we want that. That gives us good ratings. Yeah, 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 that's good. But I think they unintentionally didn't realize that that kind of would make sense when you look at Lan's culture um, because they do. They have shared baths and it's just sort of part of the norm. I don't think Lan would share a bathtub with moraine. i I just don't. I don't think that's in his character to do that. But I think it's funny that they accidentally did something like that. And I guess they could have done it on purpose, but it just with everything that they've gotten wrong, I can't imagine that uh, they did it on purpose. I'm just rambling right now. Matches. there's one point where they light a they light a um lantern with a match, which is just, i I'm, I'm listening to the third book and they save this woman who is an illuminator and the illuminators are the sect of people who make fireworks but they keep their secrets of gunpowder hidden so gunpowder is not known about in the world at this point point. and when they see her it's in the dark and she lights a match or she lights she lights a fire and and tom and matt are there and they say how does she do that is she magic and so later on they ask her and she says i'm not going to tell you my secrets but one day these little sticks are going to make me very wealthy and so she has invented these matches and she becomes more important later on in the series not a major character but just just the the they ignore that they ignore the fact that you know matches are are not commonplace in this world they're not something that are used they don't understand gunpowder they don't have the use of gunpowder um in one scene in the very beginning they sort of pan up to show you the world and it's very clearly there are these skyscrapers that are covered in in you know plants and it's like oh so they used to have like technology to build skyscrapers but you wouldn't know that this far in the books i mean honestly three thousand years would not i don't think a skyscraper would stand for three thousand years i i honestly do not believe that they would i'm pretty much done with the episode. It's just a lot of me ranting about this show. Some people are praising it, saying it's a new, fresh look on on the characters and on the story. And I'm like, you're blind and you're an idiot. This is nothing like the books. They're not even trying to be like the books. They don't even understand the functions of the world. And that's why I think it's so wrong. They married off characters that aren't married. Like I, They just did so many things. And to me, it just says that they don't care about the books they don't care about the world that was created. This incredibly fleshed out world. I mean, we're talking so much material that people complain about it. There's too much detail. So, you could have taken any of it and created a really solid, fleshed out world and put it on the screen. But no. You just decide to ignore most of it and just do whatever you want for the Church of Woke. And that's another thing which I'm not going to get into. This the 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 women and all this stuff. It's like they are just throwing it out there making it way heavy-handed that the men are worthless and that the women are the strong ones and it's like there is no sort of discussion that the women and the men have different roles and that the women play vital important roles and the men play vital important roles and they need to work together in order to accomplish things and that is the importance of so much in the book series like oh it's so important that the men and women are different but they need to work together and that you know they complement each other and that it's just that they completely throw all of this stuff out i'm going to stop talking about it. there's even more that i could discuss but next episode i'm going to do something that's much more better much more cheery maybe i'll just talk about the Wheel of Time books and just sort of talk about why i like them and why i don't um but until next time thanks for listening